Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Brian Tedda, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. Hey, we are back. Let me check my notes. Oh, it's Sarah again. Wow. Again. She was just here. Okay. Hey. Hey, Sarah. Must be rough booking week. No, no. I mean, we always love having you, and uh, you're back again after a couple days. Um, It reminds me, (laughs) the last time you were here, uh, we we caused a little bit of a commotion leaving the studio. Tell our listeners what happened. Commotion? Yes. You you annoy me. We almost had the, the, the studio in lockdown. Okay. So after you left, we had a rough session. That also got pick up. You rolled your eyes. We did all the things. Yes. You popped up in a, through a window where I can see you, and they were asking me to read some ads, and I said, can you guys please get him out of there? Yes. <laughs> Which is awkward for a room to say, kicking the boss out, but I literally felt uncomfortable. So I start reading these long ads. They make me redo one. I messed up one, and my watch keeps going off. Like, I'm getting texts, and I literally was about to say to Summer, the producer, He's trolling me on my phone now because I knew you wouldn't let those jokes go. Mm-hmm. I walk out. Th- First of all, you put your face in the window. Yes. Then 15 minutes later, or however long later, I walk out and you are standing there less than an inch from my body. And I scare easily. Yes. And I was looking at my phone because I was dead sure that you were writing me. And I screamed so loud. That people came out and they thought something was wrong in the building. People emptied their offices into the hallway, making sure everything was okay. And they weren't laughing. They looked very serious. You were laughing I was like almost peeing my pants because it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, I wasn't texting your phone or blowing up your phone. No, but I thought you were. And it ended up being completely a women's book group I'm in. But yeah. So similar, but I thought that right, so there's a bit of chaos in the Sarah podcast sessions. Well, because I love a prank and you know I love a prank. Yes. So one, as much as I hated it, I would welcome you to do it anytime. I'm Just done. don't scare me. I think me I'm again. done after that. Yeah. No, you I, aren't. I've known you for seven years yeah, and we'll you see. your pranks never stop. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um all right. Speaking of jokes, uh you kinda had a your own joke coy moment today <laughs> on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you had a, a failed joke aimed at joy. Um, yes. Uh, tell people what it was and okay. how it landed during the break. Okay, so Joy has made a thousand jokes about how many people dating deep into our history books, possibly the Bible, as to how old she is. Yes. Like, I used to date so-and-so. I should have known better because she's always warned me that joke only works when I make it. But she said something about way back when I was around. I mean, and I don't even know what was going on before I was around. And I said, there were dinosaurs. <laughs> I still think it's funny. Yeah, well, you're laughing more than anyone in the building did. No, I was the only laugh. <laughs> yes. Joy looks and she goes, she kind of chuckles. And then she goes, no one's laughing. No yeah. one's laughing. And, and then the worst part was that was funny. And no one laughed at that. It was funny. So, but so I kind of stood there like, uh, and that's the problem with. The vulnerability of trying to be fun. One, you're not trying. You just throw things out. That moment happens to me a lot in my life, and I'm sure that doesn't <laughs> surprise you. But it, the fun part is Joy did in the commercial where she was like, I've warned you about that. You can't come for that. No one's going to laugh. So I'm like a 
I try to be funnier with the graces of Whoopi and Joy flanking me. Yes. They give me notes. So I got notes <laughs> on my joke. And Joy was laughing at the end and said, I bet you're going to have to clear that up on the podcast. See, now I've made similar mistakes because I it's funny. It's all dependent on whether Joy's in the mood to give you the moment or not. Yeah, she's got to give, give you the to laugh. You. Yeah. yeah. So I've made the, the dating Lincoln joke in front yep, of her. Yep, and. Yep. And if she laughs with you, everyone in the room laughs and it's great. If she decides she's not in the mood for it, it dies a horrible, <laughs> horrible death as you did today on the show. I died which a was, horrible death. Yeah, yeah. I felt it. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Um, speaking of which, we talked about uh, that Joe Coy Golden Globes moment yes, yes, uh, yes. yesterday on the show. The the table, I think, are, like Joe quite a bit. He's been on the yeah. show. And um, because of that, there was... A bit of a, uh, a, a we you kind of started talking about whether the people in the audience yeah. should have been kinder and given yeah. him a little bit more grace, and that's kind of blown up a little bit because you mentioned how we talked about how Taylor Swift didn't laugh yeah. at the joke, and you were saying that you wanted everyone to just take him. It's easy. How hard is it to yeah. smile to be gracious? Yeah, and Swifties of which I am one of. Um, started <laughs> saying that you were telling Taylor to smile more. Now, the one thing I know is a male working in television and working with powerful women, that is never a note anyone gives. No, you never no, no, ask no. a woman to smile. So it, where, where that was taken improperly, and every time you're dealing with Swifties, monster, little monsters, are they? Yes. Gagas, uh, the beehive, all the different things. Mm -hmm. They only hear Taylor. They only hear Beyonce. They only hear Lady Gaga. And they hear nothing else. My point was for the entire room, because some people said, you know, well, there were men in that room. That whole room of every camera shot was bigger than Joe Coy. And Joe Coy is modest enough and humble enough to know that you're punching up. It's a room of elite Hollywood people and writing jokes and performing jokes is not easy. Did you hear the story previous to this one? Yes. <laughs> so making jokes and making people laugh, you're trying to bring the best out. The worst part about the Taylor Swift example, which if people are going to call it, because that's the only one people reacted to was Taylor Swift. And I wasn't even calling out just Taylor Swift. I said the entire room of males and females. The Taylor Swift joke wasn't even bad. It was like, there's going to be less shots of you here than an NFL football game. She's yeah. not a football player. Usually football games are about the players. That was such a low ball, like a lob. Yeah. That, that's part of it the reason. It was an obvious joke. And, which is what I think yeah. the Swifties also saw is that that joke, then they, comp, you know, the Barbie joke was actually kind of lame. Yeah, that was misogynistic Yeah, weird, so there I were a thought. lot of yeah. places you could react. The mm -hmm. Taylor Swift on a thousand levels is just not the one because one, no one was specifically saying just Taylor or just women right. in the room should smile. They were saying everyone as a Hollywood elite person in this room should give some grace to a comedian doing the best they can. And yeah. Joe Coy is a good guy. I really got to know him here on the show because he was so kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I like him a lot. He, uh, you know, it was not a, a great performance. Right. I think that's fine. And, and it's a hard room. He got there 10 days ago, started working for it. As Whoopi said, um, and Whoopi, who's hosted the Oscars yeah. four times and hosted everything under the sun. These are really tough rooms. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you got to, I mean, you got to give it well, And when you're with writers, you're Joe Coy getting invited for a huge gig for him. Right. When writers and people that are established and part of that machine say, here are some things you need to do. You can question those, but I'm sure he was torn between here are my jokes, but also you guys already exist here. There's a certain respect. I just have a different response knowing how hard these jobs can be sure. across the board. And I think. No one's saying to a woman, to a man, just smile. It's saying to a room of elite people that are on top of the world, when someone's trying their best, like, 
just help them out. Help them out. They're all like, great actors, they're as we all, saw. <laughs> they're brilliant. They're in categories for Golden Globes, Oscars, etc. Like, yeah. you're fine. I will say, I don't think there's a harder performing job in, oh, in gosh. the hosting world an than hosting show? an award show on that level. I think that's oh. about as tough as it gets. Yeah. Um, and really talented, very funny comedians have struggled with it. So it's, I, I think yeah. it's it's tough. Um, speaking of headlines, last week... You made some after sharing that you gave Max a list of chores to do after sex. Um, you were talking to me. I don't remember if you said it on the podcast or just uh, behind the scenes, but you were kind of hoping he didn't see them. Um, given that his photo was in the New York Post, I figured he probably would. Did he find out? What was the reaction? Okay, so a couple things. Let me clarify. <laughs> I do not, in a post-coital moment, give him a to-do list. Who has a pad with him at that moment? What uh-huh. I do is occasionally my next topic is some things we need to discuss to do things. Sure. Maybe not chores, but just checking in on the household duties. So I was really hoping Max didn't see it because what Max and I have discussed is if it's a serious topic that I know is intimate and serious, like when I was breastfeeding and struggling, I I went to my husband first as I would and said, Max, I know that we're still working through this. Would you mind if I talked about it? I think it can be helpful. He was like, of course, just represent me. He said, imitate me properly. He says I do a dumb voice for him, but whatever. <laughs> so he, um, this, sometimes I have different boundaries. I'm much more of a sharer. He is not. That has busted me before. In this instance, I just didn't think that was the headline anyone would run with. So I really hoped at that moment he wasn't tapped in. We're literally brushing our teeth that night. And Max starts with, so, and I thought, oh, <laughs> God. Um, he goes, I heard from a few people. And I was like, yep, yep, I'm busted. And I thought, just don't break, like, because he yeah. may still not know. And then he went on to say, you know, Sarah, you don't give me a to-do list. Like, I just feel like, you know, I go, max, 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 max. And then I clarified. The big thing is, he goes, no, Sarah, I would agree. Your topic of conversation with me from every minute of every day is always about to-dos. So it's not (laughs) shocking. But I just think that, you know, that if you said it like that, and I'm like, Max, and he goes, my dad texted me or my dad contacted me. I was like, you're. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And I, funny enough, that got me more than anything, even worse than Max finding out so like a day or two later i'm standing there again and i go max i'm a little weird now that your your dad reached out he's like well he just texted and i was like samesies like it, it just means he heard it like i, I don't know it was uncomfortable yeah that's no, when i got really that's when i realized what max means by boundaries and oversharing All right, a couple of takeaways here for me the fact that he waited until like a proper time to discuss with you is so different than my marriage where if my wife heard something that she didn't like i would be texted and my phone would blow up in milliseconds like the fact that he like waited till the evening and things were winding down to discuss this with you i, I mean seconds bad, later Brian, bad and good so yeah. like when something goes on in this show you, i've seen the text exchanges heather will tell you like yes. that's you know like all yeah. that the uh, two times in the last two weeks moments have happened that i guess they clipped for the show right that max thought i was not not he doesn't have to agree with me. We don't agree with you. But he will say, as someone who's really good at making an argument, be concise, be clear, talk less. He gives you notes. That's in our normal life. Yes. That's not even considering my job. Mm-hmm. So when it was good, he saw two clips last week. One came up over coffee this morning. He goes, yeah, I saw that. That was really good. I go, thanks for telling me. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about it. Like, so good and bad. You and I have this conversation, <laughs> too. <laughs> Come on. So it happens across the boards. I actually really love that he waited until I was comfortably getting ready for bed and quieted down. But I thought I had made it. It was like you could see the finish line and 
I, I have similar things. So Heather doesn't uh, listen to this podcast very often, despite me begging her to. Um, she it's because follow- you're begging. you got to play cool. She follows and rates it, but she does not uh, actually call in as far. I mean, does not actually uh, listen as much as I'd like her to. Um, that being said, there have been a couple of times where I've said things that might get me into trouble a little bit or shared a little bit too much and on the show or on the podcast yeah. and were written up in the paper and written up a couple places. And I waited and waited and waited and thought I was clear. And then my father brought it up at the dinner table. Because your dad does watch and listen. He he, he pays attention. Okay. Um, and so then I, I got killed. Um, so maybe it's better to just get ahead of it, I think. Is it, though? Like I, I, I tend to think let it die. Like Because you know the most embarrassing time was when I admitted on air that we didn't have sex on our wedding light, night. And there's a lot I'd of about weddings that. are yeah. dramatic. There was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And so what I loved about Max is he knew I was enjoying my cake and was like, let's eat cake together. Like, in some ways, that was the perfect way to do it. Someone that he works with wrote him and said, sorry, you didn't get laid on your wedding night. Hope the cake was amazing. I have never lived that down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that's the joy of being a view host, I think, and being in the public eye. But um that's pretty good. So we'll have to be mindful of that. But uh, that being said, he's Will a good we, sport. No, yeah, we're not going to be. Sport. We're not going to. good sport. Yeah. Let's throw Max under that bus. Yeah. No, I enjoy Max <laughs> quite a bit. Um, all right. We talked on the show uh, some more today about Jomo. Now, this is the joy of missing out. Um, we talked about how Sonny's constantly going out. I think Anna Navarro is the only one who goes out more than she does. You prefer to stay in. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. It's 100% true. Yeah. Um, there's something about knowing, one, yourself, and what you actually enjoy. I think for years of our lives, we go through motions of what people tell us to do, who to be, all these things. And then you stop and you're like, I don't even like this. <laughs> when like New Year's Eve, I remember when I was single, everyone always wanted to pay like so much money, like $250, $300 for these tickets to get these dresses to start at 10 p.m. and things like that. Even as a young pup, I was like, huh, is that a.m. or p.m.? Like, why would we start then? I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. You know, all the things and pay that much to be in a room with crappy drinks. And like, and that's not my cynical self now. That's my every age along the way self saying that just doesn't make sense to me. So I think I was just never that person. And it's the same with like people talk about concerts. And I feel like a 95 year old, like man or woman, whoever, who's out of the loop and say, what? Because I never went to concerts. I went to New Kids on the Block and any concert at the Iowa State Fair because those were really big acts and that was fun. But um, you and I went to Taylor. Taylor. I also went to Matchbox 20 once, mm-hmm. but I could count them on one hand. Max went to that many concerts in a month at any point in his life. Like he went to concerts. He went, I don't flock to places where there are lots of people and I never have. I don't need to be in the front row at Times Square or a parade. Right. You know, I'll go to a basketball game, but I'll still leave, even if it's like a nail biter, to beat the crowd. What about I feel parties like my or dad. events? I mean, you get invited to movie premieres. You get invited to events well, that are pretty today, cool. Well, just today, we were talking about a movie I want to see, that it, there's a movie premiere. And I said, but I want good seats when I'm eating my popcorn. <laughs> so I would rather let it fade three weeks mm-hmm. and, again, miss the FOMO. But get the nobody's watching me stuff my face with popcorn, Diet Coke and laughing awkwardly at a lot of stuff. So I prefer the comfort of the moment, not the look of the moment. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Woodward and Bernstein. Pen and paper. Wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We had Gypsy Rose on the show last Friday, oh, yes. and I know you were really interested in talking with her. Um, there were really different perspectives behind the scenes, at the table, about really the decision to have her on and then how the interview went and everything they went through there. Um, yesterday, we talked to Sonny on the podcast, who was not particularly sympathetic towards her. I mentioned that you were extremely sympathetic extremely. towards her. Um, tell, me, tell me how you felt after the interview. Uh so, uh, well, actually, the most important part was before having watched the series and of knowing of the story, but then mm-hmm. watching the series, she was here for all six episodes. I approached her before she came on because I just wanted to say hi. Sometimes when it's a sensitive guest or something, we do that. I did not know that right behind my welcoming her was some 
like pain in, in meeting her. And what that was is you look at a child who has literally been a hostage from infancy. Yeah. I look at her and first I see little Sarah and think of anybody that had a decently healthy childhood. And I think what I wouldn't do to give you a year or a month or a day of what normal childhood should look like. And then as a mother, I looked at her and it's going to happen again. I instantly imagine looking at one of my children and doing one of the things that was done to her, even one. I would never get past it. And she's a little, I see a little girl in her. I know she's a 32-year-old woman, but I think of all those years she lost out on. And I told her, I hope you get the chance to be a mom because when you look at your child, you're going to see why this story hits people in a place you may not fully understand yet. So I don't think murder is right. Murder is never okay. But honestly, I don't think, one, she could have committed murder herself. And I said this to her in commercial break. I said, I don't think you ever would have gotten out on your own by yourself. She met an unruly character who actually had, if you watch the series, some evil tendencies. And I don't know if something else would have happened eventually anyway. What There's probably a toxic reason they were brought together. But everyone made a choice in that. I don't think Gypsy Rose ever could have chosen to kill her mother. Someone else did that for her. And honestly, I have nothing but sadness and hope for her mm-hmm. and all that she's lost in this in this life. Oh, you're really emotionally connected to the story. And and um, I mean, for those not with the visual medium that we have here, Sarah's crying right now. <laughs> well, not crying, but like. No, you're crying. Yeah, it's it's emotional because you have look at a. Mm-hmm. I could look at a stranger's baby, yes. not even my own. Yeah. And to know what was done to this little girl or little boy, I couldn't. I can't watch kids being. No, it's it's very sweet. And I, yeah. I appreciate how emotional you are about this. And uh, you started, you said you talked around the commercial break, but you went back there before the segment started. To, and to talk I didn't to know I was going to cry so much. And she's done this a lot. She's dealt with this for a long time. She's in a much better place than I am on this. And she lived it, survived it, has worked on it. As someone who's getting a lot of details I didn't know before in this series. Mm-hmm. Right when you think it couldn't get worse, it does. What surprised you about the conversation? Uh, on the show? On or, the show, yeah. Um, probably that she spends her the death anniversary, like the day her yeah. mom, you know, listening to her song and knowing that she can't get a lot of sympathy and that she doesn't, she hides out and does it because she thinks, well, people are going to say crappy things like, well, you murdered her, you know. Yeah. And she's pretty much admitting you can have a lot of feelings and hold them all at once. And she does miss her mom. I, I think... I think Joy's mind was changed. Yeah, I think Joy was just really lost in her sympathies for this girl and what she went through. I don't think she started that way. When she came in, I think she felt differently. Sonny probably always felt that. I definitely came in with my sympathetic view. Well, Sonny comes to it as a a prosecutor of somebody. You know, I mean, she's got a different viewpoint on this sort of thing in general. But you got to come into it putting yourself in someone's shoes. In any issue you've ever seen, the only way to look at it and take away all your professional tendencies, you have to come into it like, how would you look at it if it were you? Mm -hmm. And that's how you face things with empathy. And I, I just, it's the only way to look at Gypsy Rose. Now, I mentioned before that a lot of the younger staff stand strongly on Gypsy's side and some of the older staff had more complex feelings about it. But this reminds me of a conversation you and I have been having and we've talked about often um, that you and I tend to forget how old we are. <laughs> if you you know what I'm talking about with this? No, I have no idea. Bro. So you you tend to you have younger friends generally. Always, yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, you said Max pointed that out. <laughs> yeah. Early on in our relationship, he's like, why are all your friends so young at work? Usually work. My personal friends are usually all different directions. I have older, yeah. I have younger, I have, uh, you know, peers of the same age. But at workplaces, I always gravitate to younger people. Um, part of it is I think I don't know how old I am. But mm -hmm. part of it is that I think they're not cynical. They're hopeful. They're excited. They're energetic. And I tend to think I've held on to a lot of those things. So it resonates more with me. It's actually a common ground, even if our birth certificates are very different. Yeah, I have a similar thing. I think in my head, I'm much younger than I actually am. We both have the same age. I say, yeah. if you ask me today what I feel like, I'd say 28. Yeah, and and I'm 47. But yes, I'm in 46. my head, I I'm feel, 28. I feel 28. And um, I, I often catch myself like chatting with some of the younger people on staff and just, you know, having a fun conversation and then realizing about three quarters of the way through that the people I'm talking to are closer to my kid's age than my age. And they probably are looking at me math. like an old man. And it, you called me Max. No, I said, don't do that math. Oh, don't do that math. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they said, don't do that max. Like, the Freudian slips that happen enough. We don't need to add more. Yeah. But um, no, Brian, the weird part for me is they'll be talking about someone. And by the way, I would say I actually gear towards older. When I look at a man, I want older men. In fact, there are people that I think look too young, too pretty that do nothing for me. But occasionally there'll be an actor or something that's closer to their age. And I'm like, he's so hot. And then I'm like, Ew, like, what are they thinking of me? I have children. I'm a mom. That person is much younger than me. Right. You just can't suspend that as much when you're the older person. No, I think when you're talking about that kind of stuff, it gets yeah, really tricky. Yeah, it gets tricky. really weird. Yeah, that gets tricky. But I just mean, like, conversationally about, like, you know, life and shows you're watching and the yeah. music you're listening to and all that. And I always... Um, I, well, I, how you see the world like I people I posted some dating advice or talked about it because a lot of my friends asked me that stuff and because they're all young. Yeah. But um, I said something and someone's like, why is Sarah giving dating advice? She's been married for I vividly remember years of my life and it's like one man away from it. Like, right. It isn't working until it is. And that's max. But so. dating is something that changes so much yeah. culturally and societally in the time since you got married, since I got married. I mean, you met Max on online. OK, Cupid. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a completely different world now with the apps that they have and all that kind of stuff. A hundred percent. But if you different. cut out the noise and you look at what always mattered, it was the character, integrity, the sense of humor. All you're doing is finding a thousand different routes to get to the same thing that hasn't changed, which is a good partner. It, it's an idea I, I've been kicking around for a while that I think would be fun to do. And I don't know if we'll do it this year, but there's a bunch of single staffers. Can we staffers. date for them? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of single staffers. Wait, you want to date for Not them? Not date, but I've I've helped I've had like weaseled out and edited people how they approach people by right. saying, cut to the crap, be fun, go say that like I help them. Because you want to do like a Cyrano thing with them. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're also different. All the hosts have such different ideas about what makes a good match. Oh my what God, makes can you people imagine like. joy? I'd love the idea of like one of our staffers going on five dates, six dates, each selected by another host. Yep. Because Whoopi's idea of an ideal mate and your idea and Joy's idea and so on and so on are all going to be wildly different. And I then kind of like the idea of seeing who who nails it. Oh, my God. I could totally see Joy, though. Like if someone said, you know, and then he texted me this, Joy would be like, just <laughs> he doesn't know. Like, I don't care. Once again, most of the podcast is unusable. I, I just know, want to point that I out. Know. Yeah. We do clock a lot of hours with such little use. Yeah. The, uh, the people that edit this podcast are very fearful every time you're on. I know. Uh, that being said, I did enjoy it. I always enjoy it. Thank that, you. Now, can you please say something sincere at the end? Yeah. 
Don't say, I always enjoy it. I love it. Because we all know how you feel when well, I come on I the show. Say, right, we'll be honest for a I second. I know you have favorites. Don't pretend to be that parent that's like, I love all my kids. I love all my he kids doesn't. equally. We're not your children. They're hosts. He does not. I love one of my kids more. No, I'm just kidding. I do um, too. Day to day, you? it changes. Yeah. No, though. it changes by the minute. Yeah. Um, no, the truth is you and I usually wrap these podcasts unsure if they were any good. Only one. We walked out of here. I spiked the ball so many times. And then that one fell yeah. dead. And I thought, I, we lost our mojo. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then like 50 people told us they loved it. They, yeah. <laughs> On that note, I do enjoy your company, I Sarah you Haynes. That. I do. Okay. Thank you for joining me today. Um, if you guys like us. Uh, in definitely of, review. Definitely review. We want to hear about how great Sarah is. Um, and then rate the podcast, follow the podcast, and uh, tell your friends. And Heather Tetta. And my wife. She'll never she'll never hear this. Maybe from someone else she would. Maybe she would. I'm going right. to ask her to listen today. There you go. Will. Oh, someone uh, someone who listens to the podcast recognized me on the subway, and she was there. And, uh, oh, she was so annoyed that it happened because she oh, had Oh, I the, bet this is an inconvenience. I just started for the rest. I just got on the subway, and I was like, you know, I just wish I could have some kind of a private life, you know? It's Every just, time someone approaches you, though, I say, oh, my God, what did your what did your girl say? What did your She goes, they weren't there. No, this time she was there, okay. and it was gold. It was fantastic. I, you I deserve just, that. Yeah. It's been like 99 times no. that no one was yeah. there. No, I, I acted like I was Britney Spears in the 90s with paparazzi. It was like, oh, Glasses oh down the hat. Yeah, you know, it's just too much. It's yeah. too much. But okay. uh, thank you all, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.